Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. What's up, everybody? If it's your first time at City Life, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago, we had a heroic day for Easter, and then our team traveled to a location last week off-site. Pastor Chili did a phenomenal job. He was preaching out of John 3.16, the life of Nicodemus coming up to Jesus, and verse 17, talking about the greatest adventure. Now, people, when they come in for Easter, they hear about Jesus is alive. Christus Victor, we were talking about, that he is victorious. I mean, he's destroyed all evil, darkness, and wickedness. And that's something that we don't just celebrate a couple weeks ago, but it celebrate. It allows us to celebrate every single day. So that power is here for you today. So no matter where you come from, your background, um, your issues, uh, just unpack all of that nonsense today and come and we want to invite you to really belong. And so with Pastor Chili speaking last week and then this week, we're going down to a conference down in Birmingham, Alabama for the church planning organization we're a part of called Arc. It's a great time. Some leaders from Hillsong will be there and some other people that we can learn and grow. And I miss the fact that I'm going to be uh, present with you guys. And I said, it's only fitting that we record a video um, message. So this is the first time we've ever done this uh, in, like this. And we invited different people to come to the table. And we're going to be breaking down a familiar passage for many. But it is so alive, whether you've heard it a thousand times or you've heard it one time. I believe today is going to rock all of our socks off. Literally, I'm not even wearing socks right now. It smells a little weird in here. But anyways, we love you guys. So thanks for being here. Uh, we'd love to just open up in prayer, and we are going to dive right in this morning. Jesus, thank you for bringing your kids together. God, so many people walk in this place and in this setting with different types of pains, some hurts, others excited. And God, I pray you'll meet each one of us where we're at. Holy Spirit, show up in a way that only you can do. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Now, uh, when you're driving, who here listens to music? Oh, yeah. yeah. I like to listen to music. And it, now you have virtual pretty much everything. There's no such thing as, uh, I remember, you know, we actually did mixtapes on cassette tapes, okay? Now, my dad had eight tracks. We had records, so I was familiar with that verbiage. Um, and then it moved into CDs. There was even this technology that came out just for a brief moment, it was called mini discs. And I thought it would take off because it was the quality of a CD, but it would not uh, be scratched because it was enclosed. And so I thought that was gonna be the next cutting edge thing. Never took off. I had this dinosaur piece of um, technology that uh, who knows where it's at today. But now you fast forward, MP3s entered the game. Now you have subscriptions like Spotify, you have Apple Music. So you have literally thousands and limitless playlists in your pocket. So you can create a mixtape on the fly now. Ooh, I like that song. Let me put it with this song together. And so these songs kind of shape our culture and our mood. Now songs, they have different types of um, like points of references they want to take you to. Right, so if, you're, if it's a love song, it's gonna get really cheesy and talk about love stuff, okay? Well, not all of them are cheesy. But if it's gonna be something that's maybe we can take the hill, it's an anthem. We can do this, we can you know, take everything. But God's been writing songs and his people have been singing songs since the very jump. 
and he's so interested in music. And I use that introduction to talk about what's in our playlist and do we recognize that we have in God's word a whole bunch of tracks that he's provided. You know what they're called? They're called Psalms. Mm. Now, Psalms simply means song. They should be something that in our daily life that we're saturated, we're taken in. You'll see that there's emotions and expressions in the Psalms. So you'll see there's times that you can just cry out, say it's hard, I've lost a loved one, it's difficult, this is challenging. And you'll see other times where, man, how great is God? It's a love song, look how amazing he is. Other times you'll see prayer and even petition. Jesus, will you get me out of this setting and this situation? And so hopefully what's on repeat for each one of us is a, a huge dose of music through the Psalms. And so we're going to go to a familiar Psalm, Psalm 23. Now 23 talks about, you know, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. People are familiar with that one. There's even prayers about it. I'm going to tell you this though. It ends in verse five and six in a powerful way at a banquet table for us coming together intimately. And let's, let's pick it up. We're going to read the whole chapter and we're going to really zone in on verse five and six. Says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, the NIV says, I lack nothing. The message puts it this way I don't need a thing. Now, if we just kind of thought about that, that God is your provider, think about a sheep. They're, they're dependent on the shepherd for all type of food, shelter, protection, everything. This is the type of complete dependency that God. Uh, wants us to have with him as the leader. And then our response is we lack nothing. We don't want anything and I shall not want. Now we come into this place with tons of wants. I remember as a kid when the magazine would come and it would show up at East Bay catalogs or maybe it would be the big Toys R Us one. You'd circle that boy. Okay, I want to get this. And you show your parents all the time. I'm telling you, there's something um, just beautiful when you recognize who is with you at the table and who's guiding you and leading you? It's the shepherd. And so as the shepherd, um, we're dependent on him for everything. So just, just kind of picture that. God is guiding us. He's leading us. He's teaching us. And he's, he's really taking us places that we could never go on our own. And it goes on. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I'm gonna pause there for a minute. Now when you hear language like, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now for us at the table, um, I know some of your stories, but I don't think anybody grew up in the Middle East or grew up on another continent here. Most of us, you know, for all of us, we've grown up here in a Western society. Um, primarily America. And so our minds instantly kind of go to how the pastures we see. So we think green pastures, we, uh, you might think Kansas, you might think whatever is the, the great farmland you've seen. But the setting here of what the, the readers would understand when David's writing, and I love that David's writing this. So the character who's writing this, this kind of invites us all in to lean in because David was a massive warrior who killed thousands of people. Okay, and, and, the, and, and, and he, he was a king, and so he'd, um, he, he, he could dominate, he, could, he knew how to rule and order. He was also in a cave with the least, the broken, the lost, the misfits, and he was able to rally them and relate to them. And then he also had massive failure. He had a moment when he didn't go to war, 
and then he saw Bathsheba, who's so beautiful to him, and then he laid with her, and then he went on to cover it up and actually kill her husband and then repent massively. And so here's somebody who's writing this, and these Psalms they actually point to the Lord. So the Psalms, that when, when they're writing them, they're not even understanding the fullness that what we're talking about, Easter, like he's alive. Mm-hmm. We're reading them in context now that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of this. So he's the good shepherd. We see in John 10 that he's the good shepherd that lays down his life. In fact, when the phonies, they're kind of protecting the sheep. When a wolf comes, they'll for a minute stand up and then be like, oh, okay, so this isn't worth it. All right, take it. Take whatever you want. But the good shepherd, when the enemies come, he literally stands up and he lays down his life for us. That's powerful. It's the type of um, invitation to the Lord we see. And so in our mindset, here's what we think. We think green pastures. We think perfect, um, perfect everything. And we can kind of see it as a business plan. Well, I came in with Jesus. I'm going to get rich. or I'm, gonna do, I'm on my spiritual grind. And everything's going to be perfect. And he caused me to lie down in green pastures. But in fact, it's completely different in that setting. It would be a desert setting. So envision a sheep in the midst of a desert where it has to be dependent on the shepherd to lead and to guide to even find any source of food, any source of comfort, any source of protection or shelter, and then even so with the water. So when he says that he leads me beside still waters, you need water to survive. This is how good our God is through difficult times. And so the setting is not some perfect mirage. In fact, I think if we all kind of check this idea at the door, this Western idea that Jesus wants us to get rich quick or he wants to spiritually get me rich quick. Well, Jesus, I gave you my life. Why is it not going to be easy? No, no, no. In fact, it's going to be very hard. He's with you, though, in the desert. So now this becomes even more alive and activating. And to now think that now we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, as he's writing that type of... um, I guess, word imagery, that through all of your issues and all of your pain, he's not saying, okay, well, why am I here? Why am I in the valley? What do we do a lot of times? Oh, I wish I was never here. Mm-hmm. Wish I, oh, this is so challenging. And he's saying, no, 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 you're comforted me. In fact, your rod and staff, which is a form and means of discipline, <laughs> but it's also a form and a means of protection. Right. So when some type of wildlife, you know, wild, uh, crazy animal will come, boom, the shepherd can beat it off. This is us. We're children dependent on our father. For real. Like we got to just rip all this idea that I got this. I'm in control. No, no, we are not in control. And we are going to then kind of close this chapter. And that's where we're going to land this morning. It's in verse five. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Your cup overflows. My cup overflows. I saw this. Uh, on the desk today, Marissa, Marissa had this work in and it says just my cup overflows. I was like, oh man, everywhere this week, this passage has been coming up. The song I was listening to was this passage. I get here and I'm see, I see this cup and I, oh, my cup. Or wait, that's what we're preaching on. Okay. So I, I believe the Holy Spirit's kind of ninja kicking each one of us today. Amen. And it says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, forever. The first point I would love for us to kind of just really marinate in is this, that not only are we at the table, but remembering who set the table. You set a table. You prepare a table. 
You got this whole thing going. The uh, message puts it this way. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. <laughs> I just, you know, with all of these issues all around us, just, just come and just, well, just boom. You know what the table also represents is, uh, it's a place of intimacy, but I think before we even get there, Okay, because what does the table provide? Let's, okay, my enemies are all around, and I know that's so quick to think of the pains that we feel and personalize every, uh, every bit of even Bible we read. Okay, God, okay, this is what I need. All right, I'm gonna apply it. But, but wait, let's, let's be in awe of the one who prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Now, David, enemies is literal for him. It's a life and death matter. Now, for us, some of our enemies maybe don't look like life and death, but they are real. They're life and death for our spiritual lives. It's anxiety. It's fear in our job. It's the coworker we're struggled with that we really feel like we're not on the same page with. It's the single mom who's trying to get groceries, and she's coming. And all these enemies surround each one of us. Well, Jesus set the table, and we have reverence. I think we just pause right now. We just say, God, thank you. Like, we have reverence. We're not even able to prepare a table, but you, you, you can, and you set the table. You prepared this table. And what the cool part about that is, as we have reverence for him, you know, respect, it's like a good debt. Speak to sir to your elders, right? Um, he invites us really close, and he realizes that, the, and then we realize this table was meant for us to share with him and get really intimate. And so you're not only invited, everybody's got to hear that today. You are invited into God's plan, God's mission, God's family, God's, I mean, the God of the universe, okay, we're talking about right now, intimately created us, and then he prepares for us to hang and connect with him. You're not only invited, you are VIP. I mean, VIP. We are VIP. I had this moment where I got to go to a major um, championship for golf. Working for Toshiba, we had VIP passes, got to go back uh, behind kind of all the settings and get to see the, the, the caddies up close, the golfers up close, and they had this tent where you could eat as much food as you wanted. Okay, so you could imagine, it's like an all-inclusive resort. People are just, ah, just picking out, you know, give me more, you know, just drinking, throwing it back. And I hadn't been in these settings before. You know, wait, so I'm thinking, what's the catch? When are you gonna charge me? Okay, so what? Boom, as much as you want, as much as you want. And it felt uncomfortable at first. And then when I realized I had access, that's the type of uh, image and picture, just to give you a glimpse of the access we have when we're with God at the table. Oh, it, it's, it's all the time. It is never ending. It is full, full, full. And the table, you know what it is? It's a sign of, of victory. It's a, it, he prepares this banquet table that he's victorious over the enemies. You know, we're talking about an Easter where the final enemy is death. I mean, that's the hardest enemy we're ever going to face. Mm -hmm. And we still grieve and there's still going to be death. But now we don't grieve as people without hope. Oh, no, no. Death awares your sting because we will live forever. And God gives us that power right now. And so that's very important to know that we're not only invited, but we are VIP. That Jesus makes it about us sharing in his victory. It's really, really cool. Uh, next, I would say this, that Jesus treats us all as honored guests in a very intimate way. When an honored guest gets invited into the, you know, the guest list, um, you just bring them right up close. And we all know that feeling to, to not be invited to something. 
and it's uncomfortable and you kind of, oh, shrug it off, who matters, you know, act, act all cool. But we all have this insecurity that we want to long to belong. But when we let God fill that void, that's how we're able to then move through the rhythms of life, not as one defeated, but one is victorious. So then we can now be like God preparing a table for other people because we've been at the table with our father. And so we get the intimate access. But notice something that's so crazy about this passage. Um, This table, okay, that God's at is in the presence of our enemies. But wait, God, don't we live forever? Um, Isn't it going to be all easy? What's going on? No. What's going on is our position has changed in the setting of all of our problems, all of our issues, and all of the conflicts and the enemies. And now we recognize that there's someone superior and supreme that supersedes every single setting that we are in, and his name is Jesus. Because you've been with somebody, in fact, I'm guilty of this, you're guilty of this probably, where you you sit down at the table and you're supposed to be talking to them, but really you're talking about everything that's going on. Oh, if you could only see all these problems all around me. And there's complaining, there's blaming, and that's toxic, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, what's a theme we notice in all of God's people that have responded in a way in faith? The setting was always hard and difficult. It's just God's people saw him greater than whatever setting they were in. Really. And so conflict and the challenges and the opposition we face is really opportunity. And that's not some cliche thing, but it's an opportunity to remember, wait, I've been in private with my God. I've seen God forgive me. I've seen God part red seas for me. I've seen him just give me love when I didn't deserve it. And so now, therefore, I'm going on behalf of him, in the name of him, for his glory, because it's his table. And so now the enemies, they look a little bit smaller, not because we aren't having real issues. No, because we have made much and magnified our great God who sits at the table. And who's at the table who set it? Typically, the head, you know when you sit at the head? You know, dad typically sit there. The king, mm-hmm. the head, this victory table. I'm talking about God, our king. And so our enemies all surround us still, but our position has changed. And we're at the table, and they can't get past the security guard. Their name is not on the list. Like, do not, they can't come. I remember one time I literally um, was, felt threatened for my life, and I was praying, God, what's going on? It, do I? And I fear was trying to rise up, right? And I remember the Holy Spirit was, it was as if there was a force field around me. Now, by the grace of God, nothing happened. And I'm not sure if, uh, if something would have happened, that what he would have shown me would have been any different. And it was just the fact that he was protecting me. And the enemies were still around and it was still challenging, but I had like a force field, I felt. It was like, and I'm not sure if it was, um, you know, angels or what it was, but it was powerful in a way that I knew, okay, God's got me. God's got me. God's got me. And there's people probably at this table, there's people watching this, um, that you're wanting the same thing. Think about all the pressures and everything. What does God got me? God absolutely has us. As one person told me this way, um, you can't stop for every barking dog. 
You can't. Look, there's going to be dogs barking. There's going to be issues in your life all the time, but you can't stop for every barking dog. You have a place that you're going. You have a king that's carrying you. You have eyes that you're fixing right on Jesus. And for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And so that's the type of mindset we have. We see, look to Jesus. He's our, he's our fixed point. Even they say when you're seasick out in the middle of the waters that you've got to find some fixed point on land. Okay? Right? Find a fixed point. Uh, you can even see when the waters get so, you got the lighthouse. Look, the light of God, right? And Jesus is not only something that we're fixed towards. The cool thing, he's Emmanuel with us. Right. And he's showing us where we're going. And so we have this beautiful kind of all, our, but we're supposed to be moving towards, you know, the, we have the kingdom in us, but moving towards the, the final of what that's going to look like. All things new, right? No more tear, no more sickness, no more death. All things new. New. So we're not stopping for barking dogs. God supersedes every single setting that we're in. He's superior. And then what's cool is it says he anoints our head with oil. This was a custom uh, thing that would happen to, to when guests would come. They're not the most clean. They don't have the water access we have. So hygienic of that day. I mean, when you think of a B.O., Right? I switched this all-natural deodorant about six, seven months ago. There's times when, you know, you just, woo, if you eat bad or whatever different things, I'm thinking about switching to the extra aluminum one where you get extra protection because you don't want to walk around somebody and be reeking. Right? You be reeking, everybody knows. And so you just, you kind of Febreze yourself, which you're not even supposed to use Febreze. But if you reek, you would just Febreze, you just pour a bottle of Febreze on you. So here these people come to the table. Not only does God prepare it, in the midst of all their issues, now he's anointing our heads because that was a form of cleaning and even get the smells away and get us ready. So he's taken, just think of that, our sins, our, our filth, our disgust, and even practically our lives and our hygiene so that we can eat with him and be intimate. So he's eliminating all obstacles and all barriers to say, come to the table. Well, but I'm not feeling too good. I smell a little good. No, come here. Let me get you right. I heard a story one time of a pastor that was praying for some people at the altar. And this guy comes up and he reeks like urine. Mm. Homeless, reeked, just reeked. He said the stench was so bad. And as they were praying, he was just trying to get done with it real quick. God, get it done. Okay, go on your way. He said the Holy Spirit broke him. And so that's, mm. how do I see him? Mm. And he said he grabbed him real close and held him. And until he just didn't even think about it anymore and only felt the love of God that God had for that person. And I think about us. That's challenging. But that's the type of anointing with oil God does for us. And we say, okay, my cup overflows now. Boom, hallelujah. Which, if you don't know what that means, that means highest praise. Right? So Jesus cleans us up to come to the feast. And so now we uh, get to just be hugged because we reek like urine sometimes, spiritually. And God pulls us really close, and he says, that's my kid. Amen. So as we get ready to close, um, I want us to marinate on this big thought that Jesus gave us access to be at the table all the time, all the time. We can come boldly. So we have God forever. That's how it ends. It says that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I think we take the bait sometimes that God is just for forever God, but God is forever God forever now, Amen. for every moment. So we're not just, oh, God, take us away. Oh, it's so hard. We can't wait till heaven. No, we're, 
we know it's going to be glorious. We're groaning. We're waiting. But we're very engaged. We, we want more people to know there's a table. We want more people to know that their enemies can be drowned out. We want more people to experience the fullness and the life and the goodness and the mercy. All of that that's chasing this person down, chasing me. We want them to experience that. And then where do we, where do we dwell? As sheep, we actually have a home now. So we're, we're not homeless. We have a place that we can abide and rest. And you see this come more alive. See how these songs come alive? Songs will even release chemicals sometimes in your brain where you'll have uh, dopamine, same things people experience through sexual pleasures or they'll experience through um, drug highs. That, that uh, music can, can provide that same type of... <gasps> the Psalms provide even more than that because this word is alive. It is so alive. So we got God forever. And so when we come to the table, we're not talking about our enemies, yeah, complaining and blaming. and uh, No, no, no. We're coming and we're talking about our king, the victorious one. So we got God forever. We got God forever now. And it's for every moment. And as we end, I want us to pray and pause um, because I believe God wants to, I wrote down, he wants to drown out the sound of the enemies in our life. And he wants to turn up the party that he's providing, even in the midst of the desert. Because when it says that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, notice though the illustration is talking about that God will serve me, and the message puts it like a six-course dinner, but yet it's really not just food, because that only provides for a minute. What he's saying that is I'll provide is love, peace, patience, long-suffering, meekness, kindness, gentleness. And so these qualities of this idea we believe too often in America— Green pastures, it's got to look just so perfect. God, that's what God's going to do for me. And I think God will use that picture. I think he's used that in me. But it gets even hyper when you recognize, oh, this is in the midst of ridiculously hard times. He's still the shepherd. He's still the table preparer. Oh, my goodness, right? And so that's the type of power I pray that we're captivated by. To really, whatever it is, Worship our enemies away. Worship our enemies away. Just worship our enemies away. So the worship team, they're going to close. They're going to sing a song. And I want to challenge every person to literally worship your enemies away. And practically how you can do that is to make much of God in your mind of what he's done, who he is, and have reverence for him. And I believe you'll hear him saying, I invite you in as a VIP guest. Come and be intimate. Let's close in prayer. God, we're, um, we're grateful for you. And we're grateful that you're the shepherd. Um, you're the table preparer. You are the one that conquers all of our enemies. And God, you chase us with goodness and mercy and love and forgiveness and kindness and peace. And you name it, the qualities of heaven. God, I pray that now for this room here, in this room, City Life, the family that people would come alive. They would give up their own lives and find new life in you. And for those that have been walking with you a long time, today would just be a new kind of turn up the volume to the playlist of heaven, the Psalms, the songs, that it would be a daily dose in our lives. And maybe we just got to read them one time a day, a few times a day. I want to hit that one on repeat. Psalm 23, give me repeat. Give me Psalm 127.1. 
right? Where the Lord, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. Give me all of it. Create in me a clean heart. Thank you, God. Have your way. Seal what you've, you've done today, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.